What's up, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Elite POV. Happy to be here. We're talking all about AEW Revolution from this past weekend. I am one of your hosts, Phil Cataldo, but you can call me Philium, alongside the draw, the girl with the best t-shirt in the world, Jackie Rodriguez. What is up? Y'all, baby faces have no friends. Elitepovmerch.com. And cat catfishes have no friends either. Catfishes she is now have no friends. The catfish. Yeah, you're not the draw anymore. You're the catfish. You're the catfish. Jackie, oh, my the cocky catfish. The cocky catfish. <laughs> Twitter is a very, very interesting place. But what's up, everybody? I'm still like slightly hungover from AEW Revolution. I don't think I've caught up on my sleep yet, but the pay-per-view was awesome. So can't wait to talk all about Yo, it. Yo, same here. Same here. We are all way too old to be staying up to midnight <laughs> yeah. watching pro wrestling. Routine. And the other two voices Routine that you hear on this show Oof. are actually the two who won our predictions. They tied. And we didn't think about doing a tiebreaker because we didn't think we were going to tie. However, those guys are, first off, Defiant, the man Defiant. who is currently, currently, Stressed out about 2K because there's a lot of shit in that game that he thought they would have. It has Anthony DeStefano. What is up? What's up? Can I just tell you about the routine I did just to tell you how old I am? So it is 6.52 and I'm dozing off on the recliner. And my wife's like, you spent $50 and you're going to fall asleep. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. So I fucking get up, pour myself a big glass of soda, right? And I put all the lights on in the house, every single light on in the house. Right. So at like 830, I feel myself drifting again. Right. So I'm like, fuck, what do I do? So I got out of the recliner, sat in like the chair where you can't lean back or anything. Like I'm sitting straight up watching it. And at 930, I felt myself getting tired again. I'm like, what should I do now? I'm like, I'm I'm like warm and comfy. So I took off my sweatpants and got into basketball shorts. So I was a little cold. Oh. So I couldn't get I couldn't get comfortable because I was a little cold oh, and it was bright as shit. And the caffeine started kicking in. At 11.59, I was like, can this show just fucking end? It was like 11.58, and it was like ending, and I was like, please, no surprises. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> I just I just want to go to bed. I don't care. But it was a Father great time. show. Father Time. Yeah, it was man. a fantastic Father, show. Father Time's undefeated, and Mother Nature's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even know how to segue out of that. But Speaking of voice, bitch, you, you hear bitch show, retain, just like I told you. We'll Cohen. get to that. We'll get to that. But you the said other you man, needed a transition. I transitioned. The other man on this show. Speaking of bitch, Kyle Masters. <laughs> the wow. Canadian oh. Prince, Kyle Masters. What is up? And first off, I'm sorry I convinced you to pick Ty because you would have won if you would have just picked Jade like you wanted to. I was just going to put Ann over, but I guess not. I was just going to say, like, when we when you announced us as the champions, we literally synchronized because he can't see me right now. We synchronized Young Buck posed at the same exact time on the pod. Mm. I don't know if anyone caught that. That was... Uh, I can't see you, but I want to Snake in the grass, you know? Yeah. <laughs> These these damn CM Punk fans, you know, but they get a they get a custom entrance and they get some new ring gear. They don't know how to act. It's crazy. They don't know and how but, to act. Uh, hello to everybody in the chat. Hello. Uh, it looks like we got a new chatter. Phoenix Ryzen three one six three sixteen Austin. You're working or shooting? Are what? Are, are, is this is actually Austin or is it not? What's going on? What? What? You working or shooting, brother? <laughs> What's your name, you mealy mouth son of a bitch? <laughs> Are people going to fly all the way to Dallas to see a two-minute segment with Austin? Working or shoot? Working or shoot. I, hey, I will turn it on for that, though. <gasps> oh my God. I'm not turning on shit. I love Austin. But uh, hope you guys are all doing well. 
I'm so excited for this. Man, Revolution was so good. So, so good. It was, it was literally a WrestleMania type show, but like, it was like all their, all their pay-per-views are like, they're built so big. So like, mm. it's like they have four WrestleManias a year, to be honest. I know it's Revolution stupendous. just, this ended up being like a really like stupid, like a stupendous. It's stupendous. It's stupendous. You know, I, 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 do you hear the reason why that word was chosen? Literally the most stupidest thing in the entire world. So the reason what? why WWE chose stupendous, and Vince said this on the Pat McAfee podcast, he said because it's a word that no one uses on a yes. regular basis. And it, it, he's like, when people hear it, they're like, oh, they, they want to research it and find out what stupendous means. So that's why we chose it for WrestleMania. Here's a word you can research. Grundle. It's the p- spot between your balls <laughs> and your asshole. And that's what WrestleMania is going to oh, be this year. It's, like it's going to be the grundle. Stage of the that's what it's going to be. So research that, buddy. Yeah. Uh, well, so we're going to go through every match here and give you our, our thoughts because a lot of great stuff happened at Revolution, and we want to definitely give everything to shine, and we want to talk about everything. So we're just going to jump right into it, and we're going to start with the buy-in, which for the first time ever had three matches, and I think all three matches were exceptional for what they were trying to do. So now we're going to start off with the first match of the night, which was surprisingly Layla Hirsch, Versus Chris Statlander, Jackie. What did you think about this match? I thought it was pretty good. It was cool that they opened up with a women's match, one of three women's matches on the entire AEW Revolution card. So that was you love to see it. Diversity. You love to see it, especially on International Women's Day. You love to see it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, the match was great. There were a few spots in the match that kind of gave me a heart attack, where it seemed like they weren't completely jiving and connecting on it. But I thought that both competitors looked strong. Chris Statlander has to be one of the strongest women on the roster. Some of the stuff that she can do in terms of her deadlifts is just like, it's mind-blowing to me. Layla Hirsch, we know that I love her. I think she's super talented and she is really hitting her stride. I love this new aggressive heel side of her. I did freak out when she brought out the turnbuckle hook because, as we know, turnbuckle hooks don't always end well for people in uh, AEW. But overall, was very surprised that they win with Layla Hirsch picking up the win in this match. But I think it's a it's a good way to segue and continue the storyline now potentially involving Red Velvet. What did you think, Kyle? Perfectly well said. Cocky. Very well said. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Muchas gracias. I mean, I, I, I thought the match was okay. Um, it was a little, I mean, there was a little sloppiness to start. I mean, it's probably the nerves. I imagine, like, you're telling both these girls you have to go out there and be the first match of the damn pay-per-view. Man, you got to have, like, nerves running up your arms like crazy. Uh, yeah. But I thought oh, they yeah. did a, a – and, a, you know, that kind of sets the tone, right? Like, you're the first match, so you're setting the tone early. Um, so I thought they still did a great job. <laughs> Um, shocked me that Layla Hirsch kind of went over. I kind of thought they were leading more towards Statlander going over, but the way she cheated with the turnbuckle thing, as soon as I seen her pull that out, and I go, well, there goes my first pick of the night. Done. <laughs> Done. Yeah, I think all of us had Statlander, right? Yeah, we, yep, did. we did. We did. But uh, I thought it was good. You know what? Good for Layla Hirsch picking up a big pay-per-view win on the buy-in. And uh, yeah, that transition feud now over to uh, Red Velvet's going to be a good one. Pump for that. What do you think, Ant? It was fun. Did its job. Um, better than I thought it would be. Longer than I thought it would be. They gave him some time to build the story. Hirsch looked like a star. I'm not the biggest Layla Hirsch person, but uh, 
she looked great. I was I was very surprised by that. I love Statlander, and I was shocked that they went with Hirsch. But maybe this is a rise of like uh, another heel that that's kind of needed on that roster because right now I think you only have Britt and Jade as like your heels and Serena Deeb, but she's kind of doing her own thing. So uh, they need a, another heel. So I think they're they're really building Layla in a good way. It's a great point, and especially you know after what was announced, um, I think yesterday. With, you know, now we're getting Layla Hirsch versus uh, Thunder Rosa in a number one contenders match, which we could all assume that Thunder Rosa is going to win. But I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. But I thought the match was great. I love Layla Hirsch. I love Chris Statlander. And I thought it was a great way to open the card, you know, especially a card that for the first time is having three women's matches on it. So I thought that was awesome. Now we go to the next match, which was Hook versus yeah. QT Marshall. And let <laughs> me tell you, it is always great to hear. Hook's reaction, right? I think it's so funny. I had my friend with me, Greg. Aunt knows handsome Greg. Handsome Greg. Uh, he, he was there. Do knows we all nothing have friends about. That we haven't met each other yet. Like you have handsome Greg. I got a friend named No Cell Phil. <laughs> like do we Aunt just has all have fifteen Kyle side yeah. friend? Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any friends. Fuck yeah. friends. <laughs> don't buy my merch. Fuck off. Wow. Oh no, lord. So, so obviously, you know, my friend Greg doesn't know. He doesn't watch wrestling. So he's sitting there and I'm trying to explain to him Hook. And I sell it. I'm like, listen, this guy you're about to see is a badass. He looks like a bitch, but he is a fucking badass. He comes out. He starts hysterically laughing. And by the time the match is over, he's in love with this guy. He thinks he's awesome. He thinks he's great. And that's just the power of Hook. So Kyle, I'll start with you. What do you think of this match? Oh, man, this was uh, it's an entertaining match. And they, I, I, you know, I, I loved it for the short amount of time it got. They gave QT some some uh, offense in, which I thought was uh, pretty good to have too in this match. I really didn't want to see just Hook go in there and squash him in like thirty seconds. I'm like, that's something could have like they could have literally saved for like a rampage or something. Um, but I'm glad they let QT get a little bit of offense in, and then uh, Hook just it's he's a spectacle, man. Like he's a he he gets so over the crowd, like people are like chanting the hell out of his name. When he like before his theme even starts, people are chanting "Hook, man!" It, it's just he's, and it's crazy to have an act like this. And I don't want to say it's a nostalgic, but like a just have like a spectacle like this of Hook, but he's able to back it up at the same time and actually be a really good professional wrestler. You got the perfect package with this kid. I know we haven't heard uh, promos necessarily from him. Hopefully, that's maybe like a work in progress, and they're doing what they're doing with him now and keeping him just. You know, that non-spoken going to go out there and whoop your ass in five minutes, guy, and make you tap out at the end. So I'm all for it. Great, great way to, to add to the buy-in and tr even to transition into the last. I think they, they structured the buy-in really good, the way they had all the matches laid out. So uh, I was really happy with that. Now, and as QT Marshall's one and only fan, how, do you, <laughs> how did you feel that they actually gave QT some offense and uh, actually had Hook selling for the first time? That's something I was going to say. Hook needs more. And I love Hook, right? I'm, I'm, I have Hook shirts. I, I'm probably one of his biggest fans on the show. But you need to do something with the guy now, right? We can't just have him run out, squash people. You need to show that he can sell. You need to show that he can have a promo. You need to put him in a meaningful feud. Like, the 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 act's going to wear off because it's the same thing. So let's see what else he can do. Um, For the first couple matches, it was fine. But now we're on, like, four or five months of it. I want to see progression in Hook. I want to see a feud. I want to see something meaningful. Um, beating up QT Marshall is fun, but that's not a big win under his belt. He needs a big win. He needs something that's like, okay, let's put everybody on notice now 
that Hook is actually coming for something, whether it's a person, a title, it could be anything, right? But I want to see more. Like it's, and I love Hook, and it's so fun, and he's so over. But how over is he going to be if you're still doing this three months from now? That's true. That's a good point. We don't want it to kind of overstay its welcome. And shout out to Isaac in the chat saying he's still waiting for Hook to turn Super Sane. You and me both. (laughs) You and me both. Uh, Jackie, what'd you think of this? I thought the match was good. Um, To the point of QT, am I ever really super excited to see a QT Marshall match? Yes. Not particularly. Wow. (laughs) Um, But I thought that they did this well in terms of letting QT, I don't want to say letting QT get offense because QT, you know, he does well in the ring. And it speaks to the fact that, you know, there's the history of him being the one to help in Hook's training. But Hook, man, like, I know it all started off as, like, the one big joke, you know, the send Hook thing. But he's just been really solid out there. He's very smooth and agile. His suplexes are chef's kiss. Uh, Taz has got to be such a proud papa sitting there on commentary and and watching his boy go. Because he's he's looking great out there. So, I think it was a good thing that they got Hook on the pay-per-view because he is so over right now. So, to give him that little bit of... Give him a taste of the spotlight. <laughs> it, I, I enjoyed the match. Just a little taste. shout out. I love that. Let's go. Now, the main event of the buy-in, which was honestly one of my favorite matches of the night, <gasps> we have the House of Black versus Death Triangle. And before we get even, even get into the match, that entrance was oh, legendary. Was so and I think gorgeous. the cool thing is every, every iteration of the House of Black from the very beginning when it was just Malachi, You've seen how it's grown, and not just with the eye, with the face makeup that he has, right? That's kind of morphed all the way down his face. But now we get to see all three members come out for the first time together, and they're all wearing the demon mask, and they're all a little bit different, right? And they have the horns, and it's cool. They have that music, the the entrance. It was just, I think it was absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of this entrance, and then the match to follow? The entrance is is fucking badass, right? Like it's awesome to see. Um, <clears throat> The House of Black form. We've been waiting for it for so long, and now it feels like it's it's together. Um, <clears throat> I was really excited to see how people reacted to Buddy Matthews because I feel like he is someone a lot of people wanted to have that chance, that opportunity to shine on a bigger stage, and we actually got to see him shine on a bigger stage. Like He looked great. I know it was a pre-show. People were like, oh, he's all back on the pre-show. People were making jokes. No, that was to sell the pay-per-view. They put that on the on that spot because people are going to tune in and then it's going to want to make people buy the pay-per-view. That spot is very important when you're actually running $50 pay-per-views. Watch the prelim fights in UFC. They always put one of the best matches yep. to, for free to make you, okay, I'm forking over to 50 bucks. I have to see this. Buddy Matthew showed out. Malachi, Brody. I think uh, the, the reception that Redbeard got was sh- shocking, right? Yep. Eric Rowan. Like I did not know that we like people loved him that much. And I, I, I've always been a fan of the Wyatts. Obviously I liked his run with uh, Brody when they were the, uh, the, the Blumpkin brothers, as I used to call them. Cause I, <laughs> I, oh my God. Name, I hated the name bludgeon brothers. Right. Um, but that's good. I'm, shit, I'm shocked. He looked great. He looked great. And, and you have Penta look great and Pox, the smoothest wrestler in the world. Like uh, he makes everything look effortless. It was the perfect storm, but it's not over yet. I really feel like this is going to keep going and keep going and it's going to keep getting better and better. So mm-hmm. great way, great way to, to um, end the buy-in. The entrance was perfect. 
all of them wearing the devil horns mask was perfect. Oh. It is like, mwah. That's exactly what I wanted. When that when that entrance happened, I stood up. I was like, let's fucking go. I was hyped. I think one of the cool things, too, is like what Buddy Murphy, for a lot of people who didn't watch his stuff on 205 Live or, you know, maybe stop watching WWE when he was on the main roster doing the stuff with, with Seth and, and Rey Mysterio, that feud that probably still in some universe is going on because that feud went on for way too long. But you forget how fucking quick Buddy Murphy is for being built like a goddamn tank. Okay, mm-hmm. it is unreal. I'm laughing hysterically the whole time, just thinking to myself, they really wanted us to believe this man was only 205 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But Jackie, what did you think of the match? Oh, just like from the very beginning when that music hits and, and that drape just drops and you see these three menacing, imposing figures, I was completely sold on the match. Um, like you guys said, they're... A lot of large men in this match, but you wouldn't know it by how quickly the match was moving. It was super fast paced. Um, it was everything you could have wanted, especially out of Malachi Black. You know, I've been singing his praises and shout out to uh, my brother, Nate, who popped up just in time for us to talk about this House of Black match. But everybody looked great. Again, Eric Redbeard was very well received. I think he looked strong. I don't know what his future is in terms of AEW and his involvement, but I think he showed up and showed out. Uh, He got missed it in the face and took the pin, but everybody looked great in the match. And I think that in terms of what the buy-in is supposed to be, it served the purpose because if I was flipping channels, or well, I mean, you can't flip channels on YouTube, but if I was just (laughs) casually watching, that that match would have sold me on the pay-per-view for sure. Yeah, especially if you were able to catch that entrance, you'd be like, wait, what is this? I want to watch it. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, if if you're not out there spending all your money on gas, (laughs) maybe you had a little $50 (laughs) on the side, right, that you could buy this pay-per-view. But uh, Kyle, what would you think of the match? Uh, You mentioned the progression of the face paint and everything, right? You know what's funny? Mm. There's also another progression that, is noticeable, and I'm wondering why and if they're going to finally settle down one. The progression of his theme songs. I think we've heard mm-hmm. four different theme songs by mm-hmm. Malachi Black since he's debuted. So I wondered, like, is this going to be the final one we heard at this pay-per-view? Like, what's going on with that? It so, had the screaming in the background again, the lights out. Yeah. If you noticed. It was just like... It did, yeah. I hope yeah. they pick one. Maybe just- there's three altogether. There's, like, his, the Kings of the Black Throne, and then well, all three of them. I guess maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Poor Mikey Ruckus. Yeah. I feel like Mikey Ruckus. No, we need you to Mikey Ruckus. Oh, no, we need you to and Tony one. Khan don't sleep. Either one of them. They're just up all night. Like Tony Khan's texting him at three a.m. Like, yo, can you make another beat? And he's like, all right. <laughs> but uh, there's also what I didn't see on pay per view that I saw through a fan footage was the big drape that dropped had the House of Black logo on it. I didn't even know. I didn't even see that. I couldn't see that from my TV. See that. Least. It was a big giant House of Black logo. I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. What, the uh, one behind them when they walked in? No, it was in front of them that dropped. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Like Lincoln Park used to have like um, that when they would perform live and the lights would be going and you would just see their silhouette okay. and then it would drop Michael and they Jackson. would be playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but like it that's had the, dope. I didn't know it had the House of Black logo on it. I didn't really catch it at first. So I caught it on a mm-hmm. live replay of it. Um, it's it's funny to see like an entrance their entrance on a cell phone shot uh, as opposed to TV production which is crazy mm-hmm. um but anyways the match itself 
man, like if that match didn't sell you on whether to purchase Revolution or not, I don't know what's going to because that match was really freaking good. I'm loving the whole Penta Obscuro thing. And, you know, Redbeard was a really big surprise to me. He got a lot of spots in this match too. Um, and, you know, I thought they did a pretty good job at, at you know, trying to sell a pay reading, selling the storyline itself. So I'm interested to see where they go from here. Uh, the continuation, House of Black with a big win, you know, the spraying the face of Eric Redbeard. I saw a lot of people saying, like, what if Eric Redbeard joins the House of Black? I don't think so. I think they're, they should keep it at three for now. Yeah, I like it with these three because he has history with both of them. I don't know if he really has history with Rowan. No, and then so if they want to add like Julia Hart it. eventually, like, keep it at three. Add Abaddon. Or Abaddon. Fuck. I mean, Abaddon makes the most sense, right? <laughs> and Malachi said he wants to work with her. And listen, she's gotten into phenomenal shape. She's posting pictures online. I know Kyle doesn't see him because he avoids her profile. Because he runs right? from her. She was there at FanFest, had one of the most popular uh, longest lines there, right? According to Jamie and Taylor who were there. Uh, it was very hard to meet her. She was in a cage, which was cool. Yeah, no thank I, you. No thank you. Nah. I want to nah, see them bro. start using Abaddon. Nah. And yes, Fangy in the chat. We we cannot end this segment. We're talking about the buying without mentioning Kane, aka Darth Maul, aka Alex Abrahantes, because oh this dude is doing power. too much, and I'm here for it. <laughs> He's going I'm all here out with this man for it. You love it. You love it. He you understood the assignment. I'm like, you, I'm like, Alex, you didn't get sprayed in the face. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. What's going on? It's just crazy. You love it. So all of a sudden he's like, I'm gonna watch Paul Bear footage and this is who I am. Now. Yeah, this is just who yeah. I am. Now. <laughs> it's like so um watch so now man. we're gonna get into the main card. Here he is. <laughs> so we're gonna get into the main card now, and I'm gonna go out of order with the matches because it's just a list that I have in front of me. All right. So first match up, we're going me versus Ant, Jade Ooh. Cargill wow. versus Ty Conti, and the kiss that broke the internet. My god. And broke me and Ant, honestly, in many main ways in many places. Yep. So, it Ant, I'm going to start with you. Raw. <laughs> I'm going to start with you. What did you think of the entrances, the match, and everything uh, well, to follow? Ty's entrance was great, right? I, I still liked the one in her title match a little bit better. I love the face paint, though. I love that she was ready to go. Negative one being there was super fucking cool. Mm. Um, Anna being there was super cool. Like, it was, it was awesome. But then Jade came out as Jade. From Mortal Kombat. And if you guys don't know, right, I love Jade from Mortal Kombat. And like Zelina Vega did it the best until Jade did it on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that is the perfect look for her. The mask, everything. She just looked like a fucking champion. Like when she walked out, she looked like the biggest star in the company. Like the biggest star. There was no, I know that Punk came out, but. That moment when she came out, you're like, wow, that is that it's our top star. It felt like a top star moment. Um, and then the match was great. They had great chemistry. I want to see more of it. I know we're probably not. It was probably a one-off, but it was it was really fun, really solid. It showed that, you know, Ty got some offense in. Jade was selling. Jade hit a frog splash. Like the a evolution. Frog splash. When I'm when I'm talking mm -hmm. about the evolution of hook, right? And what you need to do. They're doing it perfectly with Jade, right? Mm -hmm. She's running through people, but it's getting harder. Like Ty could have upset her there. Obviously, we kind of know that Jade's probably not going to lose for a while, but Ty could have upset her there. And she was looking like Ty could beat her. She was selling like Ty could beat her, but then she put her away. She caught her off guard. 
I think it was perfect. And I think this is the start of like the corner. I think Jane now turned the quarter where we were like, we need to see her do more to now she's doing perfect. Like adding frog splashes, adding, you know, um, more speed to her offense where she's just not big and bulky. And I'm just going to throw you around is a beautiful thing to see. And that, I mean, she says all the time, she's, she's training with the best. She's training with Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Watch, give her three more months and she'll be the best female on that roster. Hands down. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely possible. And before I go to the next person, I just want to shout out the guitarist that played her song live oh. because he understood the assignment and he was on beat notes. Right. Yep. He did it perfectly. It sounded just like the song. He wasn't all over the place. So we love to see that. That was really awesome. But Jackie, what did you think of this match? Well, speaking of that, I love the fact that they have been giving the women this very big fight feel entrance style. Um, I think Jade did this previously with her finals in the TBS tournament where she came out dressed to storm. Now she came out with the Jade gear, Ty Conti with the Brazilian flag draped over with the face paint. It always makes it feel like an event. And that's the way that these title matches should be treated with a certain level of importance. I think both women um, showed that they are at the top of their game right now. Jade looked phenomenal. Um, Ty Conti, we know that she's been one of the most improved people on the roster, not just in, in the women's division, but just in general. So I thought the match was good. Uh, my pick won, so I was happy about that. Oh, so yeah. Then- <laughs> Still didn't freaking put me over to win the entire mm. thing, but no. Overall, it was a very, very good I match. I can't, I can't say it better than Ant did, so I'm gonna leave it. Ba- bias aside, though, right? Bias aside, I everyone knows we're Jay, Jade, and Ty. We're a Jay and Ty team. Honestly, we all love them so much, right? Mm-hmm. But that match felt so much bigger to me than the women's championship match. It felt mm. so much more like a big fight feel. It did. That and it's also the placement, and when we get to that match, it's true, um, that's true. Later on, we'll we'll yeah. talk about the placement of it. But um, so Kyle, fellow TCB over here, yeah, how do you think our girl Ty did? Because I think she did exceptional. <laughs> oh man, I was the whole time I was sitting there going like, hey, what is her entrance going to be? I'm just thinking like we saw her last championship entrance. I'm like, what are they going to do this time? And I love the war paint that went across her eyes. That was fantastic. Um, shout out to her doing the uh, Sammy Guevara. Yeah, crazy yeah. thing and then sammy awesome. doing it later on in the night so that was pretty cool yep. they both kind of uh they go kind of plan that um the match itself was amazing oh uh, man jade's entrance man as soon as i seen jade's entrance with the guitar and the outfit i'm like oh man she's winning yeah, <laughs> as yeah. soon as i seen that i'm like yeah. oh my god and the crowd went nuts like she could have won the world title that night and we we're like yeah yeah that makes yeah, sense yeah, sure. 100%. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, okay yeah she could have pulled the she had about a Hogan at WrestleMania and just came out in that match and, and injected herself and won the title. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, Jade's such a freaking star, man. It's insane. Um, Ty will eventually get her her title one day, whether it be the TBS Bell or whether it be the world title. One day, Ty Conti is going to win a championship and me and Phil will sit here and, and, and do a part two podcast and talk Stop. about it for two hours. So, you know. And listen, very proud of, of Ty for pulling out these new moves. I think it gets very it gets very easy, especially in the women's division, for you know, them to just figure out a couple of moves, a style, and that's it. Like 
you know, we saw over the year and a half that she was there that all her moves were based around her strikes or based around her kicks and stuff like that. And now we're training with Sammy, right? Them being together all the time and and, and being at these like bounce houses or whatever. And um, she's getting these flips in and she has the courage to do it, right? Um, which you love to see. And, and I just hope that this trend keeps on where she's trying new moves and she's trying new things. And, and the same thing with Jade. Who would have thought we would have seen Jade pull up a frog splash? Right. Like, and it was clean. It was clean. She hit it better than a lot of the guys on the roster hit it. So you love to see it. And so Phoenix in the chat, we're not talking about Ty and Jade being placed wrong. We're, I'm talking about Thunder and Britt, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. But now from that match, let's talk about Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Of course, this is the match that started off the show surprise to no one. Cause Eddie Kingston also started off full gear with Miro. Oh no, at full gear all out with Miro. And that was exceptional. And now, you know, he gets to start another one with Jericho. They have this great storyline going in and the right man won. So I'll go to you, Jackie first as Eddie Kingston's biggest fan on this show. how did you feel the match went and how did you feel the aftermath went? I think the match went really well. I love that they start, pay-per-views off with eddie kingston because he just brings the hype like when he goes out there that pop is unreal for him and deservedly so um was did the match blow me away not necessarily but i have to say that for as much as i complain about chris jericho somewhat overstaying his welcome for a guy his age he really knocked it out of the park and he was showing that he still can hang and he still got it um, I question if Eddie Kingston's orbital bone really did get jacked up again during that match because he looked pretty bruised up in a video that he posted on Instagram after the fact. But um, overall, the match went really well. I enjoyed it. The right guy won. I was so freaking happy. If that match would have went another way, I probably would have walked out of the house and not come back. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you know, props to Eddie Kingston. Of course, there was supposed to be the handshake at the end of the match. Jericho said that mm. if he lost, he would shake his hand. Eddie held his hand out, and Jericho walked away like the punk ass bitch that he is. Oh. <laughs> I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. It's like, I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Oh, no handshake. Working or shooting? <laughs> we are working or shooting. Uh, working or shooting. <laughs> Kyle, no, what did you oh, think of this match? Oh, I sorry, Jack. Keep going. Oh no, I was I'm just gonna say, going. but no. Overall, I I thought the match went exactly the way that it should have, so I was happy about that. Kyle, what did you think about it? Uh, this is a great opener. I was confused when they said they announced that it was gonna be Jericho Kingston at first. My first reaction was like, uh, I know. I thought I would have opened with maybe a bigger match, but they lived up to the hype of uh, opening. That was a very very good opening. That was a very strong style type of match. These two literally like beat the hell out of each other, chopped the hell out of each other's chests. That was a chop-off. That was a New Japan strong-style chop-off they had in the middle of the ring, which is amazing. Um, you know what? Good for Eddie Kingston for finally winning the big one, man. He finally got a big pay-per-view win. He was so over with the crowd, man. I was waiting for like a win like this. And you saw him even at the end. Him, I know he was selling a little bit, but you know, at the end, when he was like looking at the record, I did? I won? Like, I won? Like, yeah. I won this match? Like, he couldn't believe it. Like... Uh, so that was that must have been such a feel good moment for him to beat like a legend like Chris Jericho on on a pay per view, opening the pay per view as well. That must have been an incredible moment for him, especially throughout his what he's gone through his entire career. So good on Eddie Kingston. I thought it was an excellent way to open the pay per view, and it got the crowd hype. Man, they were extremely hype uh, for this for this match, and I was very well pleased with it. And then now Jericho, 
the man looks like he's going full heel. I'm interested to see how it turns in because I thought that Proud and Powerful were going to come out here. And, you know, we're going to get something with that Dude. because there's that really weird fist bump handshake that we got on Dynamite. So now I really – I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if they're, that's we're finally going to – we're going to get payoff from that or what's going to happen. I imagine it'll be like a backstage thing on Dynamite tomorrow. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And what do you think? Um, I, I, I think it was the best Chris Jericho look since he's been in AEW. Yeah. I really do. I think he's moving so much more agile. He He's hitting the moves that we know – Chris Jericho's known for he he's smooth man he looks great and you know it, it's such a big moment for Eddie Kingston to beat Chris Jericho because not many people have beaten Chris Jericho in AEW right when you beat Chris Jericho it means something because Chris Jericho is their legend he's the guy that they built the company around they started the company as him as the champion so that's a huge win for Eddie and props to Jericho I know we all like say oh Jericho needs to go away but he didn't have to give as much as he did in that match, and he still could have lost. Not only did he get his ass a beat, like they were strong styling, he was taking apron bumps, outside suplex bumps, like suplex straight to the outside, right? Like he's been in there 32 years. He doesn't have to take those, and he did. And not only that, he let the man – didn't he tap out? He tapped out? Yeah. yeah. He mm-hmm. let the man tap Jericho. him out. Yeah. He let the man submit him, and – you got to give props to Jericho because it was a it was a star making night for Eddie Kingston, and that's what you know a veteran should do. A lot of times we see these guys go over and we're like, why would you do that? Jericho did the perfect thing and he gave him so much, and Eddie Kingston looked like a beast. And I think you're going to start seeing Eddie go for that TNT Championship very shortly. Yeah, hopefully if he's not too injured to go for it. Hopefully that the the injury doesn't stop his momentum. But now a match that was one of the best matches this night as well. A match that was pure craziness and everything we wanted it to be and more. And that is, of course, the triple threat match for the Tag Team Championship. Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. And I've been saying this since day one. Jungle Boy is AEW's version in ring of Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Of course, we know backstage Shawn Michaels is a piece of shit. So I <laughs> doubt Jungle Boy is that. But... Uh, in ring, Jungle Boy is definitely AEW's version of Shawn Michaels. This man has the crowd in the palm of his hands at all times. Every move that he does, every spot that he does, the crowd is so invested in every single thing that he does. And shout out to him because in the post-media scrum that they posted online afterwards, he just seems way more charismatic. He seems way more comfortable, way more sure of himself in these interviews. So I really think that you know he's learning from Christian. He's learning from a lot of people backstage that are helping him become this huge star because this guy has all the potential in the world. A few spots that I want to point out before I get to you guys, that double move sequence where it started with her Karana off the ropes to the, that he flipped into the German suplex oh, so with the young bucks. Oh my God. Like, are you kidding me? Like Big the, pop. Yeah. <laughs> the crazy thing with Jurassic Express is we've seen them do some insane things and they keep coming up and trying new things. So that's awesome. But I'll start with you, Kyle. What'd you think of this match? That spot, man. My my buddy No Cell Phil jumped off the couch when he when that spot happened. Cause he was like, Oh, he he could not believe they pull off a spot like that. And like jung, like Jungle Boy. My God, man. To be able to do that in sequence, go from that top rope Herc and Rana and be able to right away grab the other guy and start a German suplex, like all in one fluid motion. Takes a lot. And it takes a lot of balls to do that and to not botch it. So like props to them for pulling that off um but the match itself in its entirety was fantastic um 
Now, there was a lot of spots, too, where it kind of looked like the Young Bucks were. I thought the Young Bucks were probably going to win. There's a lot of near falls where I thought they were going to win, especially when they hit the BTE trigger. I'm like, oh, well, we got new champs. Like, I, I thought that was going to be the end of the match, and I would have been happy if that was the end of the match because that was a really good match, but we continued on. And Jungle Boy is just a star. This kind of goes back to what we were saying. Like, he's kind of getting lost in the shuffle with Luchasaurus and... You know what I mean? Like the the act is kind of like wearing off. Like now that they're retaining, sure, but like I feel like we're gonna go right back into feeling the same way next week, right? Like we're gonna yeah. If they don't if they don't give them an opponent right away and kind of let them sink their teeth, and I know Jungle Boy has been teasing, and you know he he said it in the media scrum, which I I highly suggest that after all these pay per views, you put some time aside to really listen to these media scrums because they're not in character. Right there, it's very much like kind of a behind the scenes look at things. I mean, CM Punk had an incredible interview in that media scrum. He said a lot of things. I'm sure everyone's seen it on Twitter oh, because yeah. all the morons have something to say about it. But I think Jungle Boy mentioned FTR a bunch and how his favorite match of his career is the one he had against Dax and how he learned so much from FTR and how he wants to do that again. So, I mean, hey, that may be something that we see in the future. So, I, I hope for that. But, Jackie, as far as the match, the way that it was booked, I thought was beautiful, right? Um, the way that Red Dragon and Young Bucks, all their offense was against Jurassic Express until, of course, they go for a pin and the other one breaks it up and then all hell breaks loose. So what did you think about the way they booked? And then your thoughts on the match as well. The match overall was really cool in the sense that it gave you the illusion that you were not quite sure how it was going to go. I, I'm not too much of a fan of when you go into a match and you're like, Oh, I absolutely know this person is retaining or this, what it, it, it seemed like it could have gone a plethora of different ways. Um, what I did not care for is the, the format with which the match was in where you have three teams, but only two men are legal in the match at any given time. We were talking about this in our chat where we were like, where is the logic in this? Because you could technically tag anybody, but why would you tag anybody other than your teammate? You know, at the risk of losing the opportunity to get the pin if you are not, if your team is not represented in the ring. And of course, pandemonium breaks out. Rick Knox was the referee, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, Mr. Like, let everybody in at once do whatever the hell they want. It was a perfect amount of chaos, though. Um, and as far as Jurassic Express, I know we've touched on the fact that we felt that their tag team title run has been. Uh, slightly lackluster I think every time that they get in the ring together they show why they're in the position that they're in because they are incredibly talented and they put on stellar matches when they're out there I think the key point now is to get them locked into a feud that's meaningful and that can put some real energy into this because mm -hmm. if we don't do that they're gonna fall by the wayside yet again and I think that you know, given the right opponents, they can do really great things out there because they, like I said, they're super, super talented in the ring. And what do you think? I agree with everything Jackie said. That was a major point for me is they need to change that. It needs to be a triple threat match and then you can tag your, your partner in because like if it's me and Jackie versus Phil and somebody and Kyle and somebody, why am I tagging the other person? And like, that doesn't make sense. It just, we want to win, but if I tag you, Phil, and you pin the guy, then you win. Then, then yeah. what the hell? Um, I, uh, I, I just have, I have no clue what they're gonna do with Jurassic Express. I'm so, I'm so shocked that they won actually, because I thought they were gonna put this title in 
like the hands of the Bucks. I think I even picked Jurassic Express because I feel like that feud doesn't need a title, but I felt like they were placeholders. I said that before. I felt like they were a placeholder team. Um, I'm ready for PMP. Hopefully Jurassic Express and PMP is the next feud. Both of them desperately need it, right? And I think that's where you should go. As far as the match, it was perfect. I mean, the match was perfect. In my opinion, it was the best match of the night. It was the the best most entertainment wrestling match of the night. It's not my match mm-hmm. of the night. It is like the entertainment factor in that match made it the best wrestling match to me. And then obviously okay. the storytelling and punk and MJF was off the charts, but mm-hmm. it was definitely up there. When you think of the best matches on this pay-per-view, the tag team title matches one, two or three. Yep. That's how I have it as yep. well. Mm-hmm. So now from that match to another match filled with chaos, we have the TNT championship face of the revolution ladder match or number one contender for the TNT championship. Keith Lee, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and Christian Cage. And to start it off, I thought everybody got a chance to shine. I thought everybody got some really cool spots. Um, I love the spot uh, with Wardlow and Keith Lee uh, where they held the ladder up and Orange Cassidy just like dangling. You love stuff like that. Um, I loved all the stuff that Keith Lee did of coming over Christian's shoulder, similar to the type of stuff that he used to do in NXT, which I thought was really cool. And Ascended, you waited this whole time. How great did Wardlow look in every <laughs> facet of his fucking Ooh. match? Right? Oh, the gear looked great. He had the nipple all hanging out because the gear was like, oh, nah, bro, slip. we'll cover one nipple. Nip <laughs> slip all out here, right? It was just a phenomenal match. Wardlow looked like an absolute star. And then we we double that up with what happens later. And we'll talk about that when we talk about Punk MJF. But just overall fantastic match. I'll start with you, Jackie. What did you think of this match? And what was your favorite spot? Oh, there were so many, like, really incredible moments in this match. I think one of my favorites was uh, Hobbs getting the the suplex off of... He had a ladder propped up against one of the turnbuckles. And I can't remember, wow, for the life of me, who he suplexed. But just that he got that suplex so damn smooth on a ladder that isn't quite stable. Um, Ooh, Hobbs? Yeah. He did it to Orange Cassidy. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Orange Cassidy, by the way. Orange, Orange Cassidy, Cassidy took a lot of bumps and got, like, seriously hurt in that match. He's a so, mega I mean, star, hopefully right? He's okay. Like, he's such uh, – he's, he's, like, the number one guy in the company. I, I don't even like Orange Cassidy, and I was like – Damn, but like, you you gotta give him I, his flowers. And first off, I don't want him to get hurt, right? I, I never. Just because I don't like the gimmick doesn't mean I want the dude to get hurt. He had some really fun creative spots. I appreciate. Sure made it hurt. fun. I'm pretty sure the last I, no, spot he, he got hurt. He they just. I mean, Keith Lee threw the dude like fucking forty <laughs> feet, like forty <laughs> feet. No one caught him because, like, you ever try to catch a flying human before? <laughs> yeah, All exactly. time, every day. <laughs> No, overall, it, the match was great. Wardlow taking the win. He wasn't my guy that I picked. I had Keith Lee in this match. I was actually surprised because I'm like, oh, you know, Keith Lee coming in is a new acquisition. He's going to get this moment. Um, but for the storytelling purposes of it, oh, man, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Wardlow taking the win here. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think, Ant, besides what you said? <laughs> I loved it. Um, <clears throat> lost all of it was was Hobbs feeling like a star. I mm-hmm. feel like Hobbs had the best showing of anyone who didn't win. Right, Wardlow won. Of course, he's the face of the revolution. But Hobbs showed why he belongs in that conversation. I think he was kind of the forgotten one. Everyone was like, "Yeah, big man slapping meat." Like, yeah, Hobbs is a big dude, but that's all they know him as. You got to see more 
of powerhouse Hobbs, and I think he looked fantastic that whole match. Keith Lee looked great. Orange Cassidy was creative. Christian served his purpose. Um, Ricky Starks, I was expecting a little bit more. He did take that nasty spill at the end, right? But um, I got to say, Wardlow, that night, Revolution, Wardlow is now picked as your your guy, right? Much like Jade in your female division, all eyes are going to be on Wardlow for the foreseeable future. Yeah, what did you think, Kyle? Greatly said just there. He, he this match was was made to make him get over more than he already is, and they did such a good job in this match with everybody. Everyone had their spots, everyone had their moments. There wasn't just one person getting buried the whole time. Everyone had a very very awesome match here with this ladder match. Like even when you mentioned that the Orange Cassidy spot, where like he climbed up both big men just to go on top of that ladder to grab yep. the mm-hmm. the ring was really cool. Um, but yeah, overall it was a really good ladder match. I very much enjoyed it and I love that they picked Warlow to win. I did pick Keith Lee cause I thought just like Jackie said that it kind of lined up that, you know, this is going to transcend his career and, and start off his career nice in AEW, but it's not, this is not going to hurt him at the same time. Um, obviously the story is there with MJF and Warlow, which we'll get to later, but, uh, very, very good match, and I hope, I really hope that, I, I know Ricky Starks is okay, because he tweeted after, he retweeted the video of him getting powerbombed, and said, you can't kill me, I'm absolute, or something like that. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that spot, that, look, that, that spot was rough. crazy, right? Because yeah. it looked like Wardlow just, like, lost grip of him, and Ricky Starks just took it, like, full-fledged, all at once, probably a lot faster than he thought he was going to. Yeah. And but that's what happens in ladder matches. I mean, yeah. they, things are going to go wrong, and you just hope that everyone's okay. You put that risk. No one's going to leave a ladder match with no scars yeah. on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. But, yeah, pretty good. So, now the next match that I want to bring up, I'm going to take a little bit of a backseat. So, we Ant mentioning earlier, this was a long night, right? I mean, 7 to midnight. And, you know, I had work at 6 a.m. the next day, and I was actually up at 4.30 in the morning that Sunday. So, I was exhausted. And this is the match that took me. And I'm so sad that this is a match that got me to go to sleep. Not because it was boring, just because I was a very tired boy. And of course, tired boy is the worst. Now we have Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. I want to start with you, Kyle. Talk about the match and then talk about Lord Regal debuting afterwards. I I got some news with Lord Regal, so I'll read it to you after I talk about the match. But um, the match itself, fantastic. This lived up. This literally lived up to what we were expecting out of this match and more. It was so, so well done. Some great pure wrestling out of both these men. And they put it all on the line. I, I I saw some people criticizing that the cam, I know like the WWE camera working, like the backstage people that, that control the camera shots need to sometimes know where to pan the camera when someone's blading. And unfortunately, the camera mm-hmm. caught Brian handing, blading and handing the blade to Bryce Rensburg. And I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, you're going to, you are you just got Danielson versus Moxley, and you're going to shit on that part. Like, give me a break. I swear to God, these people wake up to go on Twitter to, and love hating stuff. They That's how sick these people are. They love to hate stuff. Like, what's yep. wrong? What What is so wrong in your life, man? That you have to shit on a camera shot when you just got Moxley versus Danielson that you would have never gotten a match exactly like this in WWE ever. So shut the fuck up and watch the damn match. Then it was really good. Then look what we got after. 
We got William Regal, like something that no one ex- no one knew was happening. And I got news right here that Tony Schiavone was never told about William Regal on commentary. Tony Schiavone reveals he had no idea William Regal was joining AEW. And that was an absolute stun that Regal that, that about Regal because he did not see him backstage on the day of the pay-per-view at all. Didn't see him anywhere. AEW is apparently keeping very good or being very good at keeping surprises. Um so they don't Poor Shivani, so, man. Like he did he he didn't know about Sting into the day. Like he didn't yeah. know about Regal. But that's good. That's good. You get the genuine reactions, mm-hmm. right? Um and then apparently it's just to to keep from the dirt sheets getting the news. And this is a quote from Tony Siobhan. Listen to this. He's like, Regal was standing there, and I went up to him and grabbed him and hugged him and said, well, you son of a bitch, you kayfabin' son of a bitch. He, <laughs> and then he says, how you doing? And I said, I'm doing excellent. <laughs> so Tony Giovanni apparently was extremely happy to, to see Regal there. And, you know, what? that was such a cool moment. Like, to have him come into the ring and not only just yell at those two to stop beating the shit out of each other, but... Open palm just slapped the shit out of both yep. of them was the coolest thing we could have ever gotten on this entire pay-per-view. The dog collar match was still my favorite part of the whole night, but this right here is a close runner-up to my favorite part of the night. Him slapping the shit out of both of them and making them handshake. I'm like, come on, dude. What else can you ask for? Yeah, I you're just, not lying. Oh, and, and actually, the pop from the crowd... When Regal came out is what woke me up because <laughs> I woke up like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> and then I was up for the rest of the night. But I was like, wait, fuck it. am I dreaming? Did I turn on NXT? Fever dream. Yeah, uh, it was just a great moment. But and what'd you think of everything? It was fucking awesome. That match was everything I wanted. They just beat the brakes off each other for fucking 20 minutes. It was amazing. And that's my kind of like, that's my kind of wrestling. I love when people just beat the breaks off each other like, <laughs> i'm just gonna fucking kick your ass until you bleed i'm gonna slap you gonna until your, your fucking, fucking chest so yeah until your chest vessels bleed like i don't it, it's it's amazing and then when regal came out i got so hyped because it looks like like now that the faction thing's not gonna probably happen but it's gonna be a tag team of moxley and danielson jurassic express better hog those titles really fucking tight because this team might dominate the whole tag division right um eventually maybe they bring people into the fold but give me moxley and danielson managed by regal oh it's gonna be beautiful and and if people haven't noticed i saw some people tweeting about this so william regal is actually listed as a coach on the aw website under roster so i think that's really cool because i think i think uh tony khan also said in the post media scrum which of course yet again i'll bring it up Everyone should go listen to you. Hear some good stuff. But William Regal is going to be uh, helping out a lot backstage. So um, I know there was some people tweeting that, hey, maybe they put uh, Regal in charge of Ring of Honor, uh, similar to what he did with NXT. Or maybe they just have him backstage at AEW. I mean, God bless Tony Khan for booking Ring of Honor and booking AEW and having a soccer team and a football team. And a, like, what, I don't know when Technically this man the football team's his dad. He's just there. <laughs> okay well still that's just it's it's just madness like, i don't know when this man sleeps or has time to do anything other than working but jackie what'd you think of this match i thought it was really really good i know that everybody fancies uh danielson to be the technician of aew but if moxley didn't show you guys just how much he can go toe-to-toe with that grappling style in those first few moments 
it was very technical, but then it just became an all out freaking war. Every strike sounded like a gunshot. It was just the most intense bout. I I freaking loved it. I love the the aggressive streak from both guys. I love heel Danielson to the moon and back. I when he first came in as a babyface, I was like ready to go with it and and be cool with it. But I could have never imagined how much I was gonna love heel Danielson and AEW. So between that match just slapping the way that it did and uh, the surprise of William Regal coming out because, you know, we all had our wants of him. Oh, sorry, Lord Regal. Lord Regal. Uh, <laughs> Lord Regal. Um, you know, we heard that he had been released and there was always, you know, the, oh, maybe he'll show up in AEW, but nothing had been so heavily speculated that it was borderline confirmed. So I love those moments that genuinely surprise you. I'm curious to see how his role is going to play out in regards to uh, Moxley and Danielson, but overall the match slapped. It was great. Now the next match that I want to bring up and I'm saving the last three for a reason. Cause I feel like it's the, the three matches we have the most to talk about. So the next match I want to bring up is honestly the most surprising moment of the night for me. It wasn't regal. It wasn't, you know, certain victories. It was the fact that this fucking six-man trios match was actually really fun and was actually not a bathroom break match. It was just pure chaos from go. I mean, we saw that incredible spot that, that Sammy did off the stage to Isaiah Cassidy. I don't know how either Spanish one of them like, what? is okay. Yeah, it was just absolute madness. But Aunt, what did you think of this? And, and talk about the this, this Sting spot because I know Sting is your favorite. And if I, anybody listen, in the chat is watching Sting. live, Look at like, the combo, Sting let, hat, Ant shirt. Let's not make Sting Orange Cassidy <laughs> to me, all right? Because it's not like that, all right? I just don't want him to have the lights go out. That's all. That's all I ask. <laughs> don't have the lights out for Sting. Um, dude, 62 years old and jumped off a fucking 15-foot balcony. Like, what? The man is yeah. a lunatic. He defies any logic of age in the world, right? Like, my dad's 65 and can't get up in the morning, and Sting's jumping off a fucking balcony. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, in, it's insanity. It's insanity. And um, the match was fun. It was really fun. I, I really was like, it was funny because I was like, my I have an open concept in my house. So, like, I can see the TV from my kitchen. So, I was getting a snack and a drink during that. And then I just, like, heard the crowd going. That's so I turn around and fucking Sammy Guevara's climbing up this thing about to do a Spanish fly. I'm like, why this match? Why, why are we doing this now? Like you're not winning anything here, but I'll tell you what, it was, it was a lot of fun. The fallout is going to be Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy got pinned, bringing back Jeff on Wednesday night. It's going to, and Matt was way too far away. I remember that was something you, oh, you God. got you upset. He had to like, you see him like, he was like going like a worm. He's like skirting he around. Skirt, he went the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? To the entrance ramp? Oh. Fucking scoot your fucking ass over to the left. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I, listen, the Hardy boys are not going to do me any favors. I'm glad if you like them. Congratulations. Not, I am. Don't need them on. I think on everyone TV. just wants to see him face the Young Bucks one last time, and then go no, to, I don't. Go to I don't. your indie tour. Nope. I want PMP. Just give me yeah. PMP. That's all I want. I don't need to see the Hardys. I saw him for fucking forty-two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackie, what did you think of all this? I I thought it was a really surprising match. I know the general consensus from everybody in our uh, text chat was that this match had no business being as fun and as crazy as it was. None at all. Uh, we all complained. Why is this on the card? Shouldn't this have been the cool down match, et cetera, et cetera. 
but for what it was, it was sheer chaos. Um, thing is blowing my mind. I had no idea. Like I was like, they're going to work around this. He's not going to take that bump. He's not going to dive off that balcony. And when he took that leap, I'm like, cross off, just say a little prayer because damn 62 years old. And he's like going off like that. There's something to be said about that. I hope that he's all good to go because uh, I don't want to see anybody get after. hurt. Um, yeah, he seems fine, fine but but you yeah. know that he's feeling that in the morning. Come on. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think he's like grossly injured, but you know, that's got to take a toll on the body. Overall, it was a, um, a surprising match. I still am on the team of, I don't need to see the eight. Oh my God, the freaking acronym kills me. A-H-F-O. I don't need to see this anymore. Let it be done and over with. But for the purpose that it served through the night, it was a, it was a pretty decent match. Kyle, what'd you think? Well, Jack, I think we're going to get that real soon now because of now that Matt's going to break away and be with Jeff. Um, I think, you know, that they're going to do an angle probably where Andrade is going to see no profit in just, you know, <laughs> the Butcher and the Blade and Private Party or at least keeps one of them for now. And we're going to start seeing more like split up because it, it, let's be honest, this faction, no one's... No one's like, oh, yeah, I love the HFO. Like, no one's saying that. Absolutely no one in the universe is saying they love the HFO. No one's saying it. They love specific people yeah, no. in the faction, but they don't like the faction as a whole. They Sometimes I even forget they're even it. They even are a faction. When I'm sitting there talking about, like, factions winning, like, the trios title, that faction never comes to mind. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So this match, though, a lot better than we thought it was going to be. Insane. Uh, yeah, I'll even call back to Sting once again. Sting doing that spot. I just... <laughs> I sat there and when I was watching the replays, I'm like, how long is it going to take before someone clips Sting jumping in the air and then puts it in those those meme videos where it goes. Did you see my favorite meme? I think I retweeted it. It was like, this is Sting and it was the clip of Lady Gaga at the Super Bowl. Yeah, pretty much. They jumped the same way. Jumped the same exact way, but man. <laughs> Props to Sting, who's turning actually 63 on March 20th, I think, this month, mm -hmm. and is able to do a jump like that through two tables. Not only just a jump from that high, you had to go through double tables, which I haven't seen a double table spot in who knows how long. So props to AW for even doing a double table spot. Thank you so much. Haven't seen one of these in a long time, and it popped the hell out of me. And it was just a crazy, insane match. More insane than, like, again, I, I, had to, I took my phone out and started going through timeline. I'm like, I just don't want to, I just don't care about this match. <laughs> and then I found myself looking at the screen more than I did in my phone. So it was that crazy. And props to Sammy doing the Spanish fly off that entrance thing and then threw a table onto the stage, which had to hurt like hell too. And they missed the one table. So that which they always do. There's always they always do. They never say at this point, just set up three tables for safety. Yeah. All right. Cause you're going to miss the first one. Oh man. Um, we totally forgot about the one spot from the ladder match where, like, Wardle just, like, shoulder checked two two guys right off the stage through the, oh, the table yeah. bed that was set up there. <laughs> yeah, with Keith um, Lee and, uh, and Hobbs. But, yeah, crazy trios match. Sure, whatever. Split up that HFO already and then let the Hardys be the Hardys. Nothing else much to say there. All right, so next up is a moment that since the finish happened, I could not wait to hear Jackie's opinion on this. Because oh. she gave us a little bit in the chat. La cucaracha. So <laughs> Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship. And before Jackie, you go off, right? 
Shout out to the title. I they this is the third oh, design for the women's championship. Beautiful. It looks incredible. It kind of reminds me of the uh Lucha Underground belt, right? What was the the yeah, there's a couple title? of there's a couple of Get titles that look like they played off of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's definitely like like has like the block shape like that, which I think is great. It it just looks more like a legitimate championship that anybody can hold. If I showed you that title and they didn't tell you what the name of it was. You'd be like, wow, that's a great men's title. And that's all we want, right? We just want titles that look it's great big. at anybody. It's big. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. It's awesome. But all right, Jackie, let, let AEW know what you didn't like about this. Because I know there's a lot of stuff Come you didn't on, like. Let's about. go. Oh, no. I went into this match with some very high expectations. Obviously, we know the history between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. They're iconic lights out match at St. Patrick's Day Slam last year and going into this i really thought between them debuting the new belt and just all the momentum that thunder rosa had going into this match i i don't know if i shot myself in the foot with the expectation because i just really thought that thunder was going to take this it just felt like everything was primed and poised for this to be her moment and there was just so much in this match I know heels are going to be heels. There's going to be shenanigans. We knew that Rebel and Jamie Hayter were going to get involved. What struck me as odd was all the involvement from the two of them and no, you know, interference from Mercedes Martinez. Where was she? Like, you know, shouldn't she have gotten involved at least to kind of neutralize right? the people on the outside <laughs> of the ring? It just, it didn't, it didn't seem like it, it was logical or made sense. Um, when when Thunder Rosa took took the loss in this match, it took the wind so far out of my sails. Now, there is a lot of speculation going into um, now Wednesday, there's going to be a match between Layla and Thunder Rosa to determine who the number one contender is going into St. Patrick's Day Slam, which is happening in San Antonio. And everybody's saying Thunder is going to take the number one uh, contendership and then she's going to win in San Antonio, which on paper is freaking great, you know, for, a, for her to take a championship win in her home state, it all sounds magical. But to me, the momentum was squashed and I hated that for her. Um, it felt like this should have been a moment on a pay-per-view on a large scale with a crowd that big and, and that lively. This should have been her moment to take it. Again, I always say I love Britt Baker as a champion. I'm not taking anything away from Britt. Um, I don't. I didn't think that she needs to go the full year for her title to be meaningful. I can say that till I'm blue in the face. Thunder Rosa really felt like this was the moment for her. And when it wasn't, it just fell so flat. And I felt so deflated by the end of it where people were like, well, it might be this. And I'm like, well, I almost don't care. I still want her to win. I still want her to hold championship gold, but it just doesn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. Like it, th they had a moment to capitalize on it. And I felt like they really just missed the mark. And, and that's unfortunate. I don't know if part of it was that the placement of the match hurt, you know, hurt the overall vibe in it because it was directly after a match as intense as MJF versus Punk. But overall, um, this was one of those matches where I was like, shit, the ending just totally killed it for me. So uh, Sean Ross Sapp reported earlier today on uh, FightfulSelect.com that actually in the weeks leading up to the pay-per-view, uh, that the finish for this match was changed multiple times. 
Uh, he reached out to people in the company. They couldn't find an answer of to why. Um, I think we can all assume it's because they're probably like, listen, we're going to probably place it after Punk and MJF, uh, and we want Thunder to win in her hometown. And before I go to Ann Kyle about it, my thoughts on it is I thought the match was actually a lot better than people are going to give it credit for. I just think that mm-hmm. the placement was horrible. Uh, they should have put that the crazy trios match after it because the crowd, not only length of the show wise, right? I mean, we're, we're going yeah. into the fourth hour of the show, but it's after this incredibly emotional, just a match that begs for your attention in punk versus MJF. And, you know, we get the ward low turn. We get all these things that we've wanted for months and months. So you're, we're spent, you're mostly spent. And then we have to get up for this women's match. Plus, if I'm being honest, I think the the storyline between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker going into this match was very rushed and and, and not really as big as it should have been because it happened a lot sooner than we thought it was going to happen. I know a lot of us thought that it might happen, pick up now, and then happen towards double or nothing. But I don't know. I, I just think the women deserve better. I'm actually happy now in, in after a couple of days. I, I was very unhappy at first that Thunder lost, but I'm actually happier now because if Thunder would have won – I don't think that crowd would have popped as much because they were still so tired. And kudos to the women because towards the end of the match, they got the crowd more involved and, and back into it. But, hey, you know, I see Fangy in the chat saying it. Why did nobody come out to help, help Thunder Rosa? Look at Jackie's shirt. Baby Read faces don't Jackie's have friends. Jackie's shirt. They right? Baby faces have, have no, no friends. friends. It, it's just Zero. the way this company works. It's the way it's the way they book their stuff. But, hey. Hopefully they they right their wrong and Thunder Rosa wins it at Spring Slam in her hometown. I think it'll be a really Spring cool Slam. Oh, it's that. Oh, sorry, Saint Patrick's Saint Patrick's Saint Patrick's Spring Slam. Spring Slam is uh, Northeast Wrestling. <laughs> uh, but and what'd you think of this? <clears throat> I think the placement killed it. I think you can't follow Punk MJF with that. Mm-hmm. They should have had the trios match follow that because it was like a little bit of energy, right? But um, I think it took away from Britt and, and Thunder. I don't think they were clicking as well as they did last year in their match, right? I think the lights out thing, it, it, it's it's hard to live up to. It was the match of the year for for a lot of things. So mm-hmm. it's hard to live up to that match. It's, it's It was like, remember when Nakamura fought AJ at WrestleMania? We all were like, oh my God, it's going to, and it didn't live up to it. It's hard yeah. to maintain that or to achieve that excellence every time you go out. That's why Okada and Omega are so special because every time it was, it was better. better, you know what I mean? Um, I think they're waiting. I think you're going to see Thunder Rosa win it at her hometown, maybe in the same kind of match, right? Like, not like a lights-out match, but like an anything-goes match or like a cage match or something, and, you know, give her that moment. I think that moment wouldn't have felt as big with the placement of the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what'd you think, Kyle? New belt's nice, though. I wish they would have yeah, I'm gonna showed us it. I'm going to start off with that. I absolutely loved the belt. I think that belt uh, is absolutely beautiful. They did a wonderful job, and I hope we start getting um, replicas or stuff or even toy versions because I need something for that bottom shelf back there. Maybe that's why they held off on making that because they have the world title belt as a toy belt, the world uh, the world tag, but they don't have the TNT belt, which is also weird. I don't know because maybe it changes all the time. I don't know. Um, anyways... Uh, the, yeah, the match, I think it, it did feel a little bit deflating for me. Um, and not taken away from both women. They still put on a good match. Um, it's just even the ending, it just with the interference and stuff, I think it was a little bit too much for me, at least personally. 
What I don't like is that, to me, it is my opinion. So to me, them giving Thunder Rosa the number one contenders match right after the title match is a little WWE-ish. Like, yeah. We're, yeah. like why are they, tra- why are they transitioning right into her having an automatic number one contender after she just had the title match this past Sunday? That's I know that what they're doing, they're doing it because of the transition into the next the week after. It's in Thunder Rosa's hometown. I think that's actually her birthday too on that Wednesday. And she's most likely gonna win the title. They're gonna do maybe a cage match, whatever. But the fact that she gets an automatic title shot after losing her title shot, or like a, a number one contenders match after losing her title shot on, on Sunday seems a little bit dirty to be booking to me. Um like you're you're looking at like other people on the roster that have been winning on dark and stuff, which they do count you winning on dark and elevation what whatnot towards the rankings, but like they're sit like they're just gonna sit there and go okay like what have we been doing? Why I know like they want to do her thing with Thun- they want to do their thing with Thunder Rosa, but like so do are they gonna get an automatic title shot down the line if they lose to the champion like the very yeah. next dynamite? Yeah. Could they do they get a number one contenders match? They probably won't. So to me, it just didn't really make sense them booking it that way. Um, if you were going to give the title to Thunder Rosa, I agree with Jackie. You should have just done it at the pay-per-view. Let her have like a celebration and set up her next feud in two weeks at her hometown. Yeah. Yeah. I, or I just not shout have out. her challenge at all. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like not have it done here. Have her have Britt face somebody else, you know, have that person lose and then have Thunder take it there. Like don't do the duplicate match. Mm-hmm. Or do so. Uh, Nate in the chat was saying uh, that he thinks he shouldn't have announced Thunder versus Layla. Uh, he thinks that they should have just had Thunder come out and challenge Britt Baker saying you didn't beat me clean. That's way simpler. It kind of solves this stuff. Um, but pissed, yeah, it definitely off feels... Brit, you know what? Piss off Britt. And, and then Britt goes, you know what? Fine. I'll give you another title match if you beat this girl. And Layla Hirsch comes out. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And you could do that match on Rampage. Uh, if you beat her on Rampage. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It, it, it's it's. I mean, we're nitpicking here. Um, you know, hopefully we still get the results that we want. It's like, yeah, we well, want, of course it is. They're used to doing, AW's used to doing good continuity. This was not a good way. This was not a good way to do it. So now, uh, two matches left and, and I'm saving Punk and MGF for the last, cause I think that we have a lot of stuff to talk about that. And so we're going to get so. into Hangman versus Adam Cole. And before we even get into any of this, shout out to fucking Adam Cole coming out with the master the halo gear, chest plate, like, <laughs> You know, and this is one of the cool things I think about the freedom with AEW, right? You see, like, you know, CM Punk comes out wearing his, you know, Larry on his shirt, or, uh, you know, Eddie Kingston comes out with like Tupac and DMX shirts. Uh, you know, AEW is definitely a very easy company to, to kind of do what you want to do and, and, and do all these cool things. I know in WWE, only a few wrestlers were given that liberty. I know New Day were allowed to basically do whatever they want when it came to gear. So it was really cool to see Adam Cole, who we know loves Halo and we know has done stuff with Halo, Halo tournaments and stuff like that. So it was really cool to see this. And shout out to Hangman Adam Page. That is my champion, our champion, with all the crazy stuff that's going on in Florida, with all these stupid fucking rules that they're making against the LGBTQ plus community. It was awesome to see Hangman wear that gear in Florida as like a fuck you to all the people oh, yeah. who are making these dumbass laws. So uh, he, he Jackie goes up. at Kane too. Like this hangman is just an yeah. awesome human being. Hangman's <laughs> it's just like, he's almost too good to be true. Right? Like, it's just like, he's perfect. The way he talks, the way he carries himself. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just so great. But Jackie, I want to start with you. what did you think of this match? Well, to that point, um, I did get to watch at least part of the media scrum um, from the post AEW revolution show. 
And um, Hangman did say, he's like, you know, I can only be a wrestler for so long, you know, but what's more important than that is that I use my platform to be a good person. And that's why Hangman Adam Page, cowboy shit himself, is my champion. Um, overall, you guys would be very proud of me because I was the only one in my household that called out that Halo gear. Uh, I so know that you. You, you know I that I'm not a gamer, you. but you know I knew my references. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but overall, um, yeah, this was a great main event. This had the potential to really fall flat given everything that took place before it. It was an incredibly long night of action. So they were in a position that they really had to go full tilt in order for it to feel like, yeah, this deserves to be the main event. And I love Hangman Adam Page for not being the ultra white bread baby face where he is just like, you know, he doesn't have an edge to him. He is very, very intense when he gets out there. Everything feels purposeful. Adam Cole looks great. I know that there are going to be people that are going to shit all over this because it's going to go back to the, see, this is what I told you. They're not booking Adam Cole strong and whatever. He looked great in that match. Yeah. Poo poo to that. He looked great. Poo-poo I don't think this. Cause you just did a farting noise. Okay. <laughs> poo-poo to that. Uh, no, he looked, he looked great in the match. And just the same way Danielson, who's one of the top stars, lost to Hangman. It did not hurt him whatsoever to lose to Hangman. It made Hangman look great. Cole still showed out. I thought that for the position that it was in, it did it did great job as the main event. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious now what's going to happen next for Hangman. Like, who's going to be his next challenger? And if anything that was said in that scrum in terms of CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page is going to come into fruition. So something really cool, and 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 I want to shout out Carrie for this. Uh, it's crazy we've gotten this long <laughs> that I, we haven't shouted out Carrie. But uh, so Carrie uh, was texting me uh, yesterday talking about BTE, and uh, towards the end of the episode, there's there's very interesting things that they do in this episode with Hangman and Dark Order, and with like a backstage guy is trying to give the young bucks their gear and he's like hey you forgot this gear and they're like that's not ours and it's hangman because also not only with the with the gay pride stuff but that gear was designed specifically to kind of resemble in a, in a small way the young bucks gear it's it's like one of those easter egg things and and i and i really think this storyline that we've been talking about for the last few weeks of maybe you know the elite turned babyface and and Adam Cole and Jay White, we'll see what happens with that Bullet Club stuff. Maybe they are the heels that are trying to break up the elite from the inside, but Hangman will be the one to bring them back together. So I think that's really cool. And to just build off what Jackie was saying, yeah, lower mid-card guy, right? Gets a main event fucking entrance, has a main event level match. And even after that card, Hangman said in the in the media scrum afterwards, you saw everything and then some. And they still went out there and performed a great match. Crowd emotionally invested. We saw that great moment where Hangman kneels down, shakes Adam Cole's hand, even though he's knocked out on the ground. I thought this was great. It was a phenomenal match in a phenomenal way to end the show. And before I go to Ann Kyle, fuck the people who were booing him because I saw videos (laughs) uh, of Hangman uh, giving the speech after the show, and there were people booing him. There were people booing. Give me a break. Shane. I thought you hated I, You hated Adam Cole two days ago, and now you love him so much that you're booing Hangman because he beat gonna, him? Make gonna, up your fucking mind. I'm going to guess that they're booing Hangman because it was – I'm going to say it was partially because of a home state thing because this was Adam Cole's home state. 
So I think is it should... is he the adopted home state because he's not from Florida? Is he yeah, from like Pennsylvania. Say. He's billed as home state. As oh, okay. Um, okay. But I don't know. I just I don't think he's gonna be booed from now on. Um, no, I think it was just a weird thing. Like after the yo, show, but... I want to shout the crowd though. The crowd for being alive and awake for that long to have ultimately fun with this match to start with, like. Doing the the, the 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 Adam chance like let's go Adam Adam sucks oh like, so good hilarious that was hilarious and replacing like the word Adam with other stuff like this is Adam <laughs> just it yeah. was hilarious fantastic and then they finally got to the the one point where we finally saw like as the match picked up like it usually does near the end we got the dueling Adam Cole Hangman chance which is awesome and they they were so loud from the start to the end of this match. It was just such a great, great wrestling match. And now we go on and who knows where this world title is going to go. Like they could go a lot of different ways here. They can go the CM Punk route. He won a big match with MJF. They can go this elite versus bullet club route. It's going to be interesting to see how, what happens now with the world title. I think we're going to probably get the start of it. I'm assuming on dynamite of what the story will, will be, or at least get some sort of hint towards the world title. They definitely teased it in the media scrum with Punk's interview and Hangman's interview. They kind of, a lot of the reporters and even Tony Khan were saying things that you would kind of assume to get these two guys to kind of be in that direction of going against each other. But, Ann, what did you think of this? Um, uh, Poor JR doesn't know what the fuck is happening in this company. (laughs) When people come out and stuff, he has no clue. He has no clue. He called Jade. He's like, she looks like a superhero or a Mortal Kombat character. You're like... The, 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 he like he comes out and you know JR's like why why is this fucking guy dressed like a soldier what is happening yeah. like JR has no <laughs> clue what's happening in this company um I loved it great match it had a lot to live up to and it did um surprising there wasn't more collusion right surprising by that but it was it was fun it was it was exactly what it needed to be for um Adam Cole to still look credible and hangman to get the big win right we had a little bit of that spot of collusion but like it wasn't as as like uh as much fuckery as you expected right you expected like the bucks and this and this and this and this and it just keep going back and forth and after that little little scrum it was kind of just like all right now let's focus on these two and they delivered and hangman again puts on another great title match um there was times where i thought cole was winning the spot of the match for me is that Cole literally super kicked this dude oh. when he was upside down. Oh, yeah. Like legit <laughs> caught him when he was and upside down. And I understand down. people, we say like, well, who was the greatest super kick of all time, right? We go to Shawn Michaels or, mm-hmm. you know, people go to the Bucks. Like Adam Cole needs to be in that conversation because his aim on these super kicks when someone's flipping, like uh, everyone, rem- you know, knows and remembers the ricochet spot at TakeOver Brooklyn where Cole does it. And I think this one might have even been better, right? It's right. just unreal the timing and accuracy Cole has on these kicks. I agree. I think it was. I think it was perfect. I think the, it got what it needed to get. And we got takeover Cole. We got a I takeover version of Adam Cole. Punk's next for Hangman. Yeah. Oh. Um. And before we get to the Punk match, uh, something we forgot actually. So we got a teaser in the buy-in of Kenny Omega coming back, but it was actually Don Callis. So shout out to Carrie because yeah. that's her guy. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> and Schaefer. um. Yeah. So, and I think that kind of building on what Ant said also, like, I really thought Kenny Omega was going to get involved in this main event mm-hmm. because they teased that Kenny was coming out in the buy in. So maybe yeah. that'd be like a red herring where he would be able to come out later. That makes so me think, I think that, that he's he's far away. 
he's far away probably yeah. they did it yeah. just to keep our mind on him yeah i could see that i could definitely see that but now it's time well can we can we, just, say, can we just say one ahead. thing Shout out to Swerve, who had a fucking huge oh, yeah. pop. Another thing. Oh, man. Yeah. Swerve got a huge pop. I didn't know about his chant. I had no idea about his chant. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. No I house, didn't know yeah. either. Kid, yeah. Like, people were going nuts. Like, they went crazier mm-hmm. for him than any signing. I think that he got a bigger pop than Keith Lee, personally. Mm-hmm. It was loud. He he had the crowd in his hands. And, it's like, and he looked like a million bucks. There's a lot oh, of yeah, yeah, because they're... In, they're in Florida. They're in Florida but he looked like a million bucks, right? He oh, looks he's, smooth as he hell. He looks like a star. Like, he's everything big, Leo Rush wants to be. <laughs> yeah, it, including he, tall. He's everything that Leo Rush <laughs> thinks he is. Oh, no. Yeah, wow. including successful. <laughs> yes. And not retired three times. <laughs> yeah. But listen, I think look, Swerve is going to take this company by storm. But I just think with the outfit, that, like, answer, that reaction was electric. Like, that crowd was super into everything he did and he came off like a star so if you're watching at home and maybe don't know who he is and and you're in a different town than florida so you really don't know who he is or you didn't watch wwe like when he comes to your town you're gonna be like this guy's a star i saw him at revolution he looked like a star so i'm gonna cheer him like well i had an inside source that i knew he was gonna come out because tony siobhan held the clipboard the other way oh my god yes can we talk about that he was like who's gonna be the debuting superstar you don't know and it's like is it john moxley is it is it john yeah basically it's like this it's like guys i have this secret candy in my hand oh what am i and i'm just laughing hysterically like bro hold the clipboard straight or how about this? Here's an idea. Why the fuck Hold is it his down. name? Need to why be is on? it up in the air? No. <laughs> why is his name on the cover page? Yeah. <laughs> why isn't it just to flip over why and his it name? Be a white like, piece of paper going? with the AW logo on. <laughs> no one's Jesus gonna Christ. He doesn't have to sign the top page. He can sign the middle page. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> nitpicking. A bunch uh, of nitpicking assholes. That's yeah, who we are. We suck. But, so let's go on to the main event, which was the real main event of the show, let's be honest. And that is CM Punk Mm. versus MJF in the dog collar match. And the first person that I'm going to is Ant. Because please explain to us that moment. Because I didn't know at first. I had to be told. You guys had to explain to me what Mm -hmm. it meant. CM Punk gets his old Ring of Honor entrance and gear. So what did you think about that? And then the match to follow. Straight fucking chills. Um, It's funny because in the chat, when you... When when uh, as soon as MJF trolled us, I said Punk's RH theme. Like Punk's coming out to AFI, and I was so hyped because if anyone knows me, I know I'm an Italian. I have the V neck and the gold chain, but I am, <laughs> I I am I am the emo girl that Machine Gun Kelly's talking about because I <laughs> love emo music, and I love CM Punk, and I get it if you didn't understand it right because for me, I was a CM Punk fan because WWE. I fell back in love with it because of WWE. Now, I'm also kind of a student of watching wrestling. So I went back once I found this guy and watched his Ring of Honor stuff. You know, I never knew he came out to that song until like 2012 when I YouTubed him and was like, oh my God, he came out to AFI. Like, but what a moment. Like, and you could just tell, like, and and, uh, CM Punk, like I said, is putting these little pieces together, these tiny pieces he referenced or MGF referenced a promo from ring of honor. Then CM Punk cuts the monster promo like he did in ring of honor. And then the monster came out because punk came out to AFI 
and he had the fight short so how did no one see this coming (laughs) that's why people are like oh you should have warned us they did (laughs) well i I just and i listen i get when people say you know um people don't pick up on stuff excalibur said like cm punk showing mjf he's not the only one with a fire inside that is the name of afi that is the the meaning of the band is a fire inside um, so there was little hints and then he explained literally on the way down the ring, ring of honor music, ring of honor shorts. Like he, he said that. So it was explained. If you didn't get that moment, you didn't get the feeling I did or, or Rob got, or, and I understand that's fine, but it doesn't make the moment any less. This was a moment for the diehards. And that's what we love about AEW. We could say, Oh, they're not catering to, they do plenty to cater to, other audiences. This was for the diehard. This was for the punk day ones. This was for yeah. everyone who followed punk's career. Even if you weren't a day one, like me, you jumped in 10 years late, right? It meant, it meant something. And it got me so hyped. I've watched it a thousand times. And the and match, just let, let's things. talk about the match too, but go well, ahead. before you even say that, just it's, it's one of those things as wrestling fans, we have to stop being selfish. Not every segment is for you. Not every moment is for you. Not every Easter egg and everything is going to be for you, right? Like I said, I had no clue what was going on because I didn't watch Punk in Ring of Honor. I only knew Punk when he was in WWE. So I, like a smart person, asked the people I knew would know. They explained it to me, and now I pop. I think it's huge. I was actually listening to the song at work today a few times because it's a badass song. And that's it. But I'm not going to go on Twitter and be like, um, Tony Khan, you got to understand that, uh, you know, you got to cater. You had a fucking five hour pay-per-view before that. Like mm-hmm. there was plenty to you. You had Chris Jericho opening the show. If that doesn't fucking cater to you as a casual wrestling fan, I don't know what will. They've Ring of Honor the last three weeks even before Tony Khan even bought the it's- damn company. This, this company, <laughs> as I said in my tweet earlier, this company does two things simultaneously. They reward the diehard fans who get these super fucking intricate, you have to know to know references. But Excalibur is there, not only selling us sponsorships and naming the craziest names to these moves, but explaining to us, like, answer, if you would have waited 60 seconds, I was, somebody tweeted online, 75 seconds it took him. To say just, this, this, and this. Because he That's didn't it. want to cut our moment off and be explain yeah. it. He didn't want to yeah. explain it when we were all like, like we were like the 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 fans were having a moment. G Rod and I were texting and having a moment where it was like, oh my god, can you believe this is fucking? Ha-? We never thought we would we would hear that. We yeah. never thought we would see that ever again, and the we got to see it. Year. You know, last year we didn't know we would see CM Punk again. Now we're getting Punk honoring Ring of Honor in AEW. Like yeah. the yep. universe is exploding for us. But the match was great. Um, you know, I, I get, I get. Some of my friends were saying, "Hey, it's a little slow. It's a dog collar match. It wasn't a wrestling match. It was a fight, and it was booked mm-hmm. like a fight, and it was booked perfectly. And and you know what? The funny thing is, you know, who the biggest star coming out of that match was Wardlow. Yep. And that is what Punk is doing for this business. He is here to give back. He's here to pe- give people stars, make people stars. He made MJF a star. MJF hung with him every promo, every match. MJF was right there with him. But bigger picture is he knows MJF has to go through Warlow. Warlow gave him the key or gave him the ring to knock out Punk the first time. And then this time Warlow was tired of it. So up, oh, I forgot the ring. And as soon as he put that <laughs> ring, out of his pocket and went, oops, the crowd went nuts because they yep. knew, holy shit, Wardlow 
now just said fuck you mjf for the first time and punk let that happen during that match that classic yep. match had a classic moment that didn't involve those guys right then and to me that was that was beautiful and i think that's what made it the match tonight is not only the entrance mm-hmm. but then the match and then wardlow like i said this pay-per-view was for wardlow revolution was wardlow it was to say okay this guy is going to be the face of our company get used to it and they put him on the map and he feels like a huge star and i think everything pieced together was was perfect exactly. and the, the perfect kind of dog collar match there was blood and i know blood's not for everyone right people get squeamish mm-hmm. to me you know maybe there's a little bit too much blood sometimes in a dog collar match that's how it's supposed to yeah. look because <laughs> yeah. it's a fight and Absolutely. you're trying to kill each oh, other yeah. oh yeah now kyle what do you think oh i'm gonna touch base and everything too um just like that entrance alone was so cool like i i I thought when the lights were going out and the lights were flashing and I didn't hear the music yet, I'm like, is this mother effer going to come out to this fire burns by kill switch engage? I was waiting for that. that I, rip. Thought, that I thought I was waiting for that guitar rip to, to shred and the crowd to lose it. But even just to make, just to do that, what to do the AFI and the ring of honor gear at the same time. Like, Oh my God, like this, this is a, this is a wrestling moment that no one's going to ever forget. And you can tell, that CM Punk got extremely emotional, not only in the post-pay-per-view post interview where someone asked him about it and he was, like, crying. He was, like, mm-hmm. he was so emotional about it. But if you rewatch his entrance, when he gets down to right before he hits the ring and he looks up to the sky and the camera does the perfect zoom on... Now, I'm going to wait for Ant for this because he just got back. I got to... I gotta. So, Ant, I'm about to explain this part because I know you would have caught this. So, when CM Punk comes down mm-hmm. to the ring... And I, I mentioned that how emotional he was about this entrance and gear from the post wrestling, uh, the post pay per view conference. He was crying about it mm-hmm. right before he hits the ring. He looks up to the sky and the camera does this perfect zoom on on CM Punk, and you can tell in his eyes how emotional was his mouth. His jaw started to go open, like yeah. he tried to hit it, and then he recomposed himself. But like he was living in that moment, and you can tell that this man is the most happiest he's ever been in his entire mm-hmm. wrestling career. Well, he's so hyped. So like he's so hyped. There, there's so many good visuals oh, of just that entrance alone. The gear, the exact gear from Ring of Honor when he does the pose in the ring. Like when he turned his back and showed the triple X on his back of his sweater, people lost their shit. Like people are like, oh my God, they're doing everything. Um man, it's just it was such an incredible moment. The match itself was such a classic Dog collar match, classic wrestling match. They did an, an exceptional job of storytelling that match. And, and, and Wardlow, Wardlow has just become the biggest babyface in the damn company. He literally yep. has, with that moment right there, transcended him into one of the biggest babyfaces in the company. And they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna keep going with this. He's not gonna be transcended into the world title shot necessarily. But now, what we know what they're doing. We saw, we even talked about this on the prediction show. We're like, how are they going to, there's going to be certain moments in certain matches that are going to predict the future. So now mm-hmm. we know that Wardlow's got a TNT title match in two weeks after we find out who's the number one contender. Um, oh no, he's facing, yeah, he'll be facing the He's facing the, the winner of Sammy and uh, uh, Scorpio. And, and Scorpio Sky. And then mm-hmm. we know that MJF is going to screw MJF. He's going to screw MJF, or MJF's going to screw Wardlow out of that match. 
I think at least. Yep. Or they could go. What if Wardlow wins the title, right? What if Wardlow wins the title, and then M- they that's Wardlow's first feud with the TNT belt is MJF. That would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. So there's could, all these different avenues that they can go, which is cool. Right. So they go either way. Either way, I'm fine with. Even if it's a non-title feud, because the story's already there. They've been doing it for two years with Wardlow and MJF. So and then te- and I want them to bring. I know that's why they mentioned it in the one promo. He's not con- quote unquote contracted AEW wrestler. He's a MJF mm-hmm. contracted person that's in true. AEW. I hope they bring that into account. They may be a wrestler contract, and that's how he, he signs that and breaks away from MJF. So we're gonna have to wait and see. But Jackie, what do you think of everything? lot that's already been said but you know to sum it up there are matches and there are moments and i felt that this particular you know punk and mjf this was a moment punk's entrance um i had goosebumps and my brother is in the chat he can vouch we were like screaming in the living room like i can't believe we are alive at a time where we can see this this entrance on such a large scale and if you didn't get it you know, that's okay. Like we talked about this earlier, you know, there are people that didn't watch CM Punk during this time. I'm not going to sit here and say I was watching Ring of Honor actively. The only reason why I kind of had a clue is because my brother is a huge CM Punk mark and he used to buy the Ring of Honor DVDs and he used to like, you know, we used to sit back and, and watch these things. And that's how I became familiar with that iconic entrance and that look. Um, but everything just, it was so gory and so like it's just this is a weird way to describe it but it was very it was beautifully violent it wasn't Mm -hmm. like over the edge where it's like i'm i'm put off and i feel like i need a a bucket to throw up in because this is like getting too brutal Mm -hmm. but it told the story like they have nailed it storytelling wise every promo every interaction leading up to this moment this was the perfect culmination and shout out to mjf give MJF his flowers too, because he really did his part in this match. Also. Yes. Punk took the win. Yes. Wardlow. Oh my, I, that's just the (laughs) moment I was waiting for, you know, I'm like, give give me Wardlow with the ring. And then the text oops on a t-shirt. I'm buying that shit because that was like, yo, you you know, fucking shop. AEW is already doing that. Like you kidding me? Sorry. It's already in production. It's already, yeah. yeah. Somebody's already working on it. No, but overall, um, everything that a dog collar match should be. And yeah, you said that somebody had mentioned that the pacing was a little bit slow. You're talking two guys beating the shit out of each other with this gigantic chain around their, their necks. And Punk took that freaking shot with the chain to the back that like, you could see the chain print across his back. Oh, God. So you yeah. know that had to feel Oof. horrible. But to know, like, you know, how big of fans um, they are of Roddy Piper and that infamous match with Roddy Piper and Greg the Hammer Valentine, you know that for MJF and Punk, this had to really, really mean a whole lot to do it on this big of a scale and to tell the story that they told, you know, all around, probably one of the best storylines that AEW has had since its inception. So kudos Mm -hmm. to them. Yeah, and, you know, match was incredible right uh everything that everybody's saying i i just think that overall this pay-per-view was unreal um so good you know it's getting kind of crazy when you think about it right every pay-per-view is getting better 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 we keep like 
that's the best pay-per-view ever. How are they going to top it? And they top it and they top it. And, you know, with All Out being probably the greatest pay-per-view ever put together, you know, with Full Gear giving us that Hangman Kenny moment, which is all-time great. And then this show giving us multiple matches, but most importantly, Punk and MJF in that dog collar match is one of the all-time great moments in wrestling. I just think AEW is right now riding such a huge wave of momentum, especially we're going into WrestleMania season. So a lot of people are going to be talking about WrestleMania. So it's cool that AEW is kind of snatching the headlines away and giving us something really cool and, and this great pay-per-view. So we thank everybody for sticking with us. I know this is a longer episode, but this is usually what happens after pay-per-views because we want to talk about everything. We want to kind of touch everything because we enjoy everything about AEW and we enjoyed everything about this card. So um, Jackie, let everybody know where they can follow you. You can follow me on Twitter at loveyoumake24, and you can follow me on Instagram at jacksthedrawpov. Now, Ant, let them know where they can follow all the e stuff, e-fed um, stuff that you got yeah, going on. Follow uh, us at twitch.tv slash alliance wrestling fed. Um, I'll be on probably a lot this week. Um, and Colin, I'll be on all weekend. Uh, Phil will be in chat. Jack will be in chat. Heel will be in chat. And don't forget, Heel Please Heel joins the team Saturday morning for his debut with the team. Um, that's going to be a really fun time. You can also find me at twitch.tv slash defiant underscore uh d-e-f-y-a-n-t you're not gonna see me streaming this week probably because wwe2k came out and i have so much shit to do so we can get the stream in the e-fed yeah. <laughs> so um you probably won't see me live there but you can catch me live on alliance wrestling fed and uh just stay tuned it is going to be fucking amazing this game hits different the online servers are already down yeah <laughs> oh, 2k listen it won't be a, a release with 2k servers going down but cal let them know where they can follow you yeah make sure you guys are following the twitter account as well for the alliance wrestling feds where you guys can catch up on all the updates and that's twitter.com slash alliance or awf underscore e fed uh, that is the official twitter account for our e federation we're gonna have two shows a week sunday and monday nights uh we'll let you guys know on there when that finally does debut uh, but yeah it'll be sunday nights with ambition run by ant Monday night's run uh, breakout run by myself. We're going to have a lot of fun with it this year, guys. Obviously, we got to have to go through 2K and deal with whatever nonsense we're going to go through. But uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at uh, All Elite Kyle. I am producer Kyle on there because I'm the producer of this show and <laughs> every other show we do. Every other show yeah. we do. <laughs> um, I don't want to toot my own heart, but I think I do a good job. But we'll You do a great job. Um, Listen, um, the show wouldn't yeah, be running as smoothly if it for you. But yes, guys, make sure you are following even Elite POV on the one of our most important platforms, and that is patreon.com slash elite POV. A lot of cool tiers on there for you guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. We got a lot of good feedback from it. Um, I got to join Ant and his other friend, Kyle, on the 10-second count, uh, which was a very successful episode um, it was so funny. If you want a good laugh, it's free right now. The first debut episode is free. All f uh, following episodes will be under the paid tiers. So uh, you guys are going to want to go check it out. If you like it, subscribe to the channel. There's a $1 tier if you can only afford $1 a month. It, hey, everything supports the podcast. Even if you don't support us on Patreon, when you're in the live chat, you're tweeting at us, you're, you're sharing everything, you're going on YouTube, subscribe for free on YouTube because YouTube's for free. That's also supporting mm -hmm. the podcast. Everything you guys do, uh, not in a paid tiered way supports the podcast and we appreciate every single one of you out there. We love you all. Thank you. And so I, much. I think, I think nerdy elites coming soon, right? 
It is. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna once we get it's everybody's really busy right now. We got a lot of stuff with the eFed stuff, and you know, everybody with uh, Jamie being um, at Revolution this weekend. So we're, we're gonna get that down. That episode, I promise, you, we'll get to you guys before the end of the month. And her speaking blog, of YouTube, her vlog, yeah, her vlogs. Yeah. So speaking of YouTube and speaking of Jamie, so Jamie recorded a ton of footage of her experience from the Rampage show from Fan Fest on Saturday to revolution on sunday so i'm gonna get to working on that and that should be out within the next few weeks so um if you guys were able to catch jackie's amazing vlog that she did when she went to see ftr um this is going to be similar to that so stay tuned for that we're going to have a lot of fun with that i can't wait to see the footage i myself, think jackie's so. going to do another yeah. one soon because i think i just seen you book a plane trip today there Jackie. yeah yeah heading fingers over, crossed heading over fingers to indianapolis for the squared circle expo so and right. maybe maybe we should record one when we're at Icon, a quick yeah, one, a little, little quick, some little quick, right? We won't be there quickie, that long. A little quickie, little yeah, a little quickie. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys movie. for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, follow the show at Elite POV everywhere. Follow me, Philium Elite Merch, Elite POV Merch.com. You get the great shirt that Jackie's wearing right now, baby face hat. No friends. Bye. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, you don't need a hat to be a cowboy. Bye. Bye.